Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the show. This is Reservations. I'm Jeremy Blair. And I'm Rain Wayland. So, buddy, has it been as hot there as it has been here? Worse. Worse. Because it's humid, too. There were a few days where I walked outside and I was like, I'm breathing pure moisture. Like, it's so hard to breathe out here some days. Um... Well, it's and, you know, and also, and also that's like, like you're just instantly sweating too. Yes. With yes. Uh, how humid yesterday, it is. yesterday we worked on the camper. So Haley and I bought a camper. We love it. It's awesome. Uh, it has an air conditioner, which is amazing, but we wanted to repaint it. Uh, we wanted to add, uh, wanted to change out the curtains, put in uh, different curtains. We wanted to fix a couple of, you know, cosmetic things and, um, and so we were working on it yesterday. We worked on it for four and a half, five hours um, outside. And I mean, my shirt was drenched. I mean, I was drenched. And that happened in the first hour. Um, it was great. I mean, I, I it was it's awful. <laughs> it's so hot. you know, you know, we're we're going to Austin, um, in in a little bit and that's what mom keeps telling us like at least it's not humid and i'm like but mm-hmm. you know at this point i'd rather it be humid no nope. dry heat no you wouldn't i promise because no, it's no, still pro- just as hot no i mean I, that's why i'll probably be saying that but like right now dry heat bro like i mean dry heat's a killer man it's like being in an oven i get it but yeah here it's like it's like Okay, it's like if someone were to – I've seen this done in movies. Uh, they'll put like sugar in boiling water and throw it at someone so it sticks to them. That's what it's like. Oh, uh, yeah. 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 Hang on just a second. Welcome My mom's back. calling me. Uh, you, you can oh, keep okay. this in. I'm going to tell her we're recording. Okay. Hey, mama. We're recording the podcast right now. No, that's okay. You're on it. Uh <laughs> That's too late. It's too late. You're already on it. So, so when you watch this, uh, you're going to uh, you're going to see that you called. <laughs> it's almost like it's in real time. Okay. 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 Bye, ma. She says she loves you, Rain. I was just about to say, like, love you too, mom. Yeah. She said it. She uh, said that she loves you. Yeah. That's really sweet. Yeah. Um, well, because she's pretty I, much I have, my mother. I have such a hard time leaving people hanging on the phone. That's why I, I answer it all the time. I don't know. I, I feel like if, if I don't answer it, like they'll be mad at me. I don't know. <laughs> so, so let me tell you something. And then, and then we can tell people where we were for the last week. Mm. If I'm in a really bad mood, I don't mind not answering phone calls. Sure. Like, sure. Like today, I was slammed with customers. I was trying to help some of my reps with stuff. And uh, I'm not going to name names just in case they listen, which I don't <laughs> think they do. But uh, one of the other managers called me and I was like, nope, I'm not not, not answering right now. No, nope. mm-hmm. this this is this is priority. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I called them back later, but I was just like, nope, I'm not, I'm not answering right now. Yeah. Um, so Jeremy, would you like to tell them where where we were for a week? Um, pfft, sure. 
I went camping uh, last weekend, and that's why uh, we had a miss. Um, I just flat just didn't have time. Um, well, and you know, it's 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 good to to just you know have a reset. I felt like we were going really hard this season. Yeah. I think to make up for last season that we took so much time in between episodes. We've been off. going fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we've uh, we haven't. Re- that was the first one we missed. <laughs> Um, yeah, the, yeah, I'm going keeping season, again, yeah. by the way, this weekend, I'm going to try not to miss uh, while I'll still um, see what I can do. Well, depending on depending on our trip in Austin, we may may have to miss that one. Depending. Oh um, OK, you know, so I gave you for, I gave, for for uh, for future reference, maybe or for, you know, some sort of warning that we might be uh, taking some more breaks. Yeah. Um, just because you know it's yeah. the summer, we have stuff to do, uh, places to go. Uh, but yeah. before we get started with the show, I want to get out a few recommendations. Yes, for these episodes, give us those recommendations. So number one, I literally just finished it maybe thirty minutes ago. Evil Dead Rise, um, it's good. So check out Evil Dead Rise, man. It that shit is crazy. Um. Bloody, yeah, I, gross, scary. Yeah, yeah. I want to see it because I heard they essentially took the the uh, the the soft remake, Evil Dead, and just up the ante. Mm-hmm. Even though, even though I've heard this is supposed to be not only a direct sequel to that, but it's supposed to tie into the rest of the universe as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, see if you I can need- catch some of the. Uh, I mean, they make references. Uh, to things in the Evil Dead universe, but they also make some really cool references to Kubrick. So uh, oh, be on the lookout okay. for those references. Um, uh, another recommendation: I am three and a half seasons in to Succession. Uh, I'm I've jumped on that bandwagon a little too late, um, and it's good. It's really good. Uh, to well, that's me, what I heard. It takes a few episodes to get in. At least for me, it took a few episodes for me to go. Okay, this this is great, you know. Yeah, that's yeah. what I've heard, man. You know, um, mainly from watching all of uh, Kieran Culkin in interviews talking about his character. He's great. He's my I'm favorite like, character for sure, and that's like, probably like not that. a good thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, because yeah, I've heard that his character is not a good person. No, no and, one is a good person. Yeah. <laughs> all right, then and then what's your third one, buddy? Uh, my third one, and this is the most important. Okay, which is why I saved it for last so people can pay attention. If you have a Hulu subscription, please, for the love of God, watch The Bear on Hulu. I just finished season two last week. Holy Jesus, this show is incredible. Please watch The Bear. It's too good to miss. Yeah, I I, want to, like we were talking about off mic, I want to see it. It's been on my watch list since I saw the first trailer, and I'm like, "Let's go, Jeremy Allen White." Uh, yeah, but I just I have to be in a certain mood, especially now that I know it's more drama than comedy. Even yes. though the even though the trailer makes it seem like it's going to be more comedy than drama, mm. so I I have to be in a certain mood for that. And mm. then season two just dropped, and yeah. like. Like I was saying off mic, my buddy Quentin's been all over me. And I finally told him, like, dude, the more you keep telling me to watch it, the more I don't want to watch it. Yeah. And that Um, I completely understand. But uh, I'm telling you, man, like, it's truly good. 
truly great. Um, it's amazing. I don't know. I, you know, it's weird to put it in like, I'm, I was trying to think of like, why, why do I love it so much? Why is it so good? It combines a lot of things that I love. It combines very fast dialogue, which you know, I love, right. As a fan mm. of Sorkin, right. It has that, yeah. it has high stress environments with that very quick, very fast dialogue. It has people being very good at what they do, right? Mm-hmm. Doing the thing that they're very good at, right? Um, right. In this, in this case, it'd be um, cooking, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it just shows really what it takes to be good. I'd be, I wish like I could find like if anyone knows if like famous chefs uh, have watched the show and what they think. Um, like people who have actually been in the industry. Cause I want to know if that really is truly what it takes to be good at it and what it takes to run a restaurant. Because if so, I could never in a million years. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, Gordon Ramsay had that movie burnt, burnt, burn, whatever with Bradley burnt. Cooper. Oh, with Bradley Cooper. Yeah. Yeah. That he, that he, uh, executive produced and supposedly claims like, yeah, this is exactly what I went through. But, I wonder if that's any good. Um, I, I I've, seen, I've seen clips of it, maybe just one specifically, and I was like, that's not bad. You know, there's a movie, um, Stephen Knight either directed it or wrote it or both. It's called Boiling Point. Um, and it's tremendous. Um, it's a true oneer, so the entire movie is one shot. Um, mm-hmm. It's like an hour and 30 minutes. Um, and it's, it's a legitimate one or there's no tricks. It's, um, really just one camera. Um, and it's great. It's just, you know, an hour and 30 minutes of this very prestigious restaurant opening up and, you know, the, the dramas that happen throughout the, that time frame uh, during this, the, the opening, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. So. Well, you get, you gave some recommendations, I'll give just like I did last episode um, a kind of recommendation because <laughs> the only new thing I've really watched recently uh, was the flash, um, which like, look, if you want it, like I said, last week, last, last episode, if you want to see it great, I'm not telling you you should or shouldn't. It's fine. Um, what they were trying to do was, was, wasn't bad. Mm-hmm. You know, Andy Muschietti's direction, I mean, just like he did on it in it chapter two is great. You know, um, Ezra's acting is is good, especially having to play two separate versions of one character. Dude, uh, but of course, right. it's such a shame because like I know Zach and I, uh, Zach, shout out to our buddy Zach, um, we loved Ezra Miller. We were huge fans and we would talk about it all the time. We'd be like, dude, we need to talk about Kevin is incredible. Um, this other thing he was in was incredible. Uh, Ezra Miller's just got it, you know? And even when he mm-hmm. first started doing the flash, you know, we were like, you know what? That movie's trash, but his part was cool. Right. Like he was, he was more fun. Right. Yeah. Um, but now it's There's, like he's fucking ruined it. You know? Well, that, that's part of it. Um, there, there's a video, um, I'll tag, uh, hopefully Fusion will tag when, when this goes up, 
uh, from that YouTube channel, New Rockstars. I think I've showed you, mm-hmm. and I think I've talked about. It. I'm pretty sure I talked about. It. Uh, they they did they did the four big things of why they think this movie is failing because mm-hmm. it, it is technically failing. It's it's opening weekend only grossed fifty five million dollars, which mm-hmm. is thirty million less than what they were projecting. Whoops. So yeah, uh, not too good. Um, but look, it's fine on the whole. It's fine. Um, there are some things that I'm not super cool about. I'm not going to ruin it for someone who does. I'll tell you when we're done recording, just remind me. Okay. But, but on the whole, it's not the worst superhero movie I've seen, but it's definitely not the greatest that everyone was like, Oh, it's a great. It's, it's fine. Okay. That's, it is even Ashley was like, yeah, it was fine. Like, cause she was really not looking forward to seeing it, at mm-hmm. all. but she, she was like, it was fine. It wasn't awful. I'm like, then that's a win. Okay. But anyways, so, so Jeremy, before you tell everyone what we're talking about today, um, since we try, I've been trying to get better about where they can watch this movie. Yeah. Uh, I want to point out, this is one of the f- rare times I would recommend find the physical copy. Um, I watched this on Prime. It's on Amazon Prime. If you have a Prime subscription, don't watch it on Prime. The quality it was fucking awful because I guess they didn't have the remastered version on the uh, Kino Lober, which I know you and I have. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is the only rare time I'll say buy it physically. Because, yeah, like there, there were just so many problems with it streaming. So, and you know, I would go ahead and just say yes. And spoiler alert: it's because it's good. Um, oh, you like this one? I did. Okay, I did. Yes, um, I I was a little. Uh, let's just jump in. I was a little wary because of how much I did not like Ministry of Fear, and I was like, uh oh. What if they get worse? <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, that's not good. Uh, but then this one, I was like, oh, phew. thank God. Thank God. That was good. Um, so, yeah, I liked it. Rain, what did you think? Well, first, what are we talking about? Oh, sorry. We are talking about Fritz Lang's uh, Scarlet Street. And I liked it too, buddy. Um, right. The... Uh, when when you told me we were going to need to take a break, I had started to watch it. Mm-hmm. And of the 15 minutes I'd seen, I was like, OK, this is very interesting. Uh, I want to see how this progresses. And it it paid off, man. And it and I know we'll get into it, but it's got those those Fritz Lang isms that I know I desperately wanted to see, especially after Fury. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, dude, come on. And then, then it happened. And I know what, I know, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. When it happened, I was like, oh, yes. Um, so I liked it too, buddy. And, uh, yeah. I guess I will do a quick synopsis so we can just jump right into it. Please. Uh, so Scarlet Street, 1945 stars Edward, Edward G. Robinson. And I don't know her name. Joan Bennett. Joan Bennett. I believe. Oh, we didn't even have sure. that up. What if it's not? Second I mean, I know you. 
I know you're about to check, but if yeah. you're if you're right, future rain will let us know. If you're wrong, future rain will let us know. It is Joan Bennett. Nailed it. Joan Bennett. Okay. Um Edward G. Robinson, Joan Bennett. Edward G. Robinson plays Christopher Cross. Very interesting name. Well, um, it's also uh those of you who like um who like soft rock from the seventies or yacht rock, Christopher Cross is a uh, is also a musician. So Yeah. Um, he is this just lonely guy who is kind of stuck in his everyday routine, being a cashier for a bank, um, stuck in a marriage that he only married out of loneliness. And, and they, we already get the feeling that Chris is just sort of a lonely, depressing guy. Um, when he happens to what he thinks is thwarting a mugging, he meets, uh, Kitty or Catherine, but he always calls her Kitty, um, who is just enamored with him, especially when he mentions that he likes to paint, which he does not correct her when she says, oh, you must be a famous painter. He doesn't correct her because to him even though the rest of his friends and even his awful, awful wife uh, think it's just a hobby to him, it is a passion. And so hearing, Oh, you must be famous. He's like, yeah, I, I am famous, you know? Um, and he gets embroiled with Kitty and her boyfriend, Johnny, who he doesn't know is her boyfriend. He gets embroiled with them and they start to kind of, Take him for his money. They think he's famous. So, hey, try to convince him to buy you an apartment, Kitty. And then that turns into, well, let's sell his paintings. I bet we could get something out of this. And it just kind of snowballs out of control where Kitty is getting all the uh, attention for Chris's paintings because Johnny has been saying, like, oh, yeah, she's she's the painter. And it eventually culminates in this very, very quick um, information dump in the last 20 minutes of, and I'll just spoil it now, Chris kills Kitty, lies on the testifying stand, Johnny goes to jail and gets the chair, but it's not the happy ending that Chris was wanting. And uh, and I'm not going to talk more because i wanted to talk about the ending separately mm-hmm. but that's scarlet street yeah um it, and if i'm being honest uh, i had a suspicion you would like this after the bummer of the ending i was like oh, fuck jeremy's gonna like this one i yeah. know i did i did very much um so like this one. where would you like to begin with this buddy well uh i mean we can start with energy robinson um, I love his character. It's completely different from the stuff that he's known for at this time. Uh, he is known for tough gangster roles. That's it. Full really? Uh, this guy is, uh, he was in Little Caesar. He was in, I mean, White Heat. I believe it was White Heat. Um, or maybe that was Cagney. Uh, so Edward G. Robinson and James Cagney were um were like the stars of the gangster films especially in warner brothers um which i know you saw the documentary uh, mm-hmm. so you know a little bit about that um 
There's also a great documentary called Public Enemy, um, the the golden age of of gangster films, and uh, that one's so good. Anyway, um, so with him being this little timid, artsy, lonely guy, it, it was um, it was really cool to see Edward G. Robinson really stretch his acting um, a little bit further than what he was originally doing, which is cool. Um, yeah, it seems like during during this season in particular, it definitely seems like more Fritz than than Tim. But Fritz definitely is grabbing actors that you wouldn't see in these types of roles to really mm-hmm. push their boundary as well. Yeah, because I got to say, I was I mean, I was sold yeah. that Chris was just this, this lonely guy uh, who just wanted companionship. Mm-hmm. Like I was, yeah. I, I was sold. Yeah. And you know, his, he, this poor guy. So, you know, I, it starts, of course, we meet him. He's getting a, a, um, an award for his 25 years of service in the, in, at the bank. Right. So he's, mm-hmm. we're now, we now know that he is a pretty stagnant guy. He just stays in one place for a while. Um, and he's very dependable. He's honest. Um, he's quiet. Um, mm-hmm. And he goes home and he's being tormented by his awful wife who is still in love with her uh, deceased husband. Um, little, little asterisks on deceased. Yeah. Um, we'll get to that in a little bit because uh, I didn't like that. Uh, but we'll get to that in a minute. Um and his outlet is painting, right? Mm-hmm. And I was pleasantly surprised by what the film decided to show in the output of paintings. Because I was, okay, I was expecting run-of-the-mill, generic, yes, it's good, but it's just fine paintings. But then right. when he's painting the flower, you see it and you're like, oh, whoa, that was cool. Like I wasn't. I wasn't expecting that at all. I was expecting again, just like really good still life, but instead it was, it was this sort of impressionistic sort of, mm. uh, uh, abstract painting, which I loved. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think I agree. I think that definitely adds to not only the movie, the film, but also to Chris as a character, you know, that, he's such a lonely guy. His outlet is painting, but he's painting these extravagant paintings of things that are normal, you know, like, and I love how he explains to his coworker, like, no, like this is how I see the flower. It's, it's his, it's his perception, right? It's how Mm -hmm. the flower makes him feel, not how the flower looks. Right. Right. And so, which I I loved, right? And it sort of explains, you know, how he becomes so taken with Catherine immediately because he's um he's so taken by the this unexpected opportunity, right? And mm-hmm. this change in his mundane existence, right? Because when he when he meets Catherine and he he finds this opportunity to spend time with her and feel as if she might 
fall in love with him as he has to her, right? This is very exciting for him, right? So it's almost like mm-hmm. he's blinded by by the excitement and uh, by, I guess, uh, by love, which, you know, poor guy. Um, yeah. <laughs> even to where when Kitty admits that she is selling the paintings under her name, he was like, that's a great idea. Why didn't I think of that? No one ever buys them for me, you know? Yeah. And yeah, you know, it, just poor guy, you know? Um, he's the, the synopsis that I read in a lot of places said that he's going through a midlife crisis, which I guess is true. Um, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Especially with the whole, like, I want a pretty lady like that on my arm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So again, he finds the opportunity to spend time with a younger woman. Um, and then he just, you know, he seizes it immediately. Right. Mm-hmm. It doesn't let go no matter what, right. No matter the red flags, no matter, uh, what seems suspicious, uh, he's just along for the ride. Uh, again, oh, because yeah. it's exciting because it's different because it keeps him away from his horrible, awful, nasty wife. Um, <laughs> Yeah, God. who is almost it's it's almost comic. She's almost comically mean, you know. Yeah, yeah, especially when she finds out that the paintings are being sold. I knew you didn't come up with those. You, if you ever recreate that woman's paintings, I'll write her a letter. And I'm like, what so a bitch. it reminds me of this whole movie reminded me of the Twilight Zone. Um, in particular, um, time enough at last. Um, which is episode eight of season one. Do what if that was right? Wouldn't that be amazing? Um, so it's Burgess Meredith. It's a very famous one. Um, yeah, the one of him just wanting with to his read. glasses. Yeah, with him just wanting to read. And so when he's reading, and his wife is at home, you know, just laying into him about reading, right? Mm-hmm. Which it seems so silly because you know that's why would you bother anyone who's trying to read, and why do you care? But you know, um, it reminded me a lot of that. Um, it hey had buddy. that. Yeah. It was episode eight. <sighs> Ooh. Nailed it. Um, I love the twilight. But it reminded you, but it reminded you a lot of that. It did. And even as the, as the story progressed, um, and to how it ended was like this, did Rod Serling write this? No, but <laughs> he walks into frame. <laughs> With his with his gray jacket and his cigarette, yeah, um, yeah. yeah, you know, it, it reminded me a lot of that. And so, those of you who do not know it, go watch it. Um, it's somewhere. I think it's on Hulu, also. So uh, check um, it out. I I think it might be on Paramount Plus because I, oh, okay. I know Jordan Peele's version is on, oh, is right. on Paramount Plus. Um, so, but this brings us to. To Catherine, um, yes, it's on Paramount Plus. We we can do we can do Catherine and Johnny at the same time. Uh, Catherine is okay. obviously more important. Johnny is um, awful, right? He's oh yeah, fuck that guy. Yeah, he's definitely the instigator. Uh, he's also awful to Catherine, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like it it everyone is punching down. So because. Um, or at least it's like a chain reaction of, of abuse because Johnny's abusing Catherine. Catherine 
is abusing um, Chris. And Chris is also being abused by his wife. Chris isn't really abusing anybody. Uh, If anyone, he's abusing his boss by wanting to steal money. Sure. But, you know, you, you see what I mean? It's like this chain reaction of abuse. And it's like the the more Catherine gets abused by Johnny, you know, the more she's falling for him, which is so bizarre. Um, mm-hmm. But it is in a lot of cases how domestic violence actually works, which is interesting that this film portrays it in, in such a realistic way. Um, yeah, very, very progressive for first time. Yeah. But – but then, you know, once – honestly, I think she was – at first, I felt that she was excited for the prospect of, you know, um, being being admired, right? She likes that, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I don't really think she was going to take that much advantage of him, not necessarily, right? Maybe for meals every now and then, but that would have been it. It's Johnny who yeah. really instigates the, you know, take him for a ride, you know, uh, mm-hmm. lean into his affection for you and let's see how much we can get out of it. Right. Especially when she realizes or when he lies and says that he's, he is well known in the art world that, mm-hmm. you know, it's like cartoon dollar signs popped out of her eyes. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and that's, I think once she tells Johnny, Johnny just takes that and runs with it. Um, and I, at first it, it plot elements like this kind of drive me crazy. I, I get very anxious when there is misinformation as a plot point. Okay. Um, so, uh, people believing she is the one who's painting these is driving me crazy. Right. Um, until he finds out about it, of course, but, um, but then of course that was, that subverted my expectation because mm-hmm. I thought once he would find that out, he would be like, well, fuck you. I'm leaving. Yeah. Right? Take all his paintings. And yeah. Leave. Give me back my paintings. You know, I never want to see you again, but man, that turn where he's just like, Oh, that's a good idea. Like, yeah, let's keep doing that. Yeah. Yeah. And especially, and especially the fact that he, that Chris paints this gorgeous painting of her. Yeah. You know, which I, and I love that the film keeps reminding us that this is her master. This is her masterpiece Mm -hmm. um, because it's so good. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in, in, in the papers, it's called the masterpiece when it's, finally sold at the end of the movie the art dealers like i never wanted i never thought i'd let her masterpiece go and i'm just like like damn like y'all are really just driving it deep yeah. that this one was the best yeah even though it wasn't my favorite my favorite was the one with the snake but um oh yeah, yeah i really was- liked that um that interpretation of sort of like being in being feeling unsafe right mm-hmm. is what i thought i thought it was awesome um Anyway, so where are we? We're so you're talking about how you know Johnny was Johnny's. He's he's essentially driving the plot forward because mm-hmm. he's the one that tells Catherine 
let's take him for whatever mm. we can get out of him. Yeah. You know, then Johnny thinks that they they've lost it when he gets the paintings appraised and their only value is $25. Yeah. But then once they realize what they could get for him, that's when he's, he starts seeing dollar signs again, mm-hmm. but it's almost not enough for him either. Even though Catherine is essentially doing all the legwork for his schemes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He's a bad guy. Yeah. And fuck, dude. Okay. Hang on. Out of all the characters that we've seen in Fritz Lang's movies, I definitely hate. He's definitely the worst one. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck that guy, dude. Especially, especially his fucking catchphrase uh, for cat's sake. Oh God. I fucking hated that dude. Especially because you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of Boz Lerman's Great Gatsby where, you know, Leo says old sport. Like a and of course, you know, the, the, yeah, I mean, of course, that was meant to be like, because he doesn't know, you know, so it proves how fake he is. But like the fact that Johnny says for cat's sake so much, I was like, oh, <laughs> Please shut up. <laughs> um, yeah. So the the plot for me comes to a grinding halt um, <laughs> when his wife's husband just pops up out of nowhere. Now it is important, yeah. right? It's important. We need it because we we need. I mean, we need something for for Christopher to get out of his relationship, right? We need something for that. Okay. Mm -hmm. This was so bizarre that he, the husband ended up not dying during the rescue. He rescued uh, this woman uh, from drowning in the lake or whatever, or technically he didn't because they both died. But anyway, he jumped in uh, to try to rescue her and then drowned. Right. Right. But he's been living on the streets since then. Essentially, probably so he doesn't have to hang out with his wife anymore. Um, yeah. Oh my god, that was unclear to me. I didn't know. I I I couldn't figure out why he faked it. You know why he let his death go, uh, be legitimate and be a like pronounced dead, right? Um, yeah. I wasn't I wasn't too clear on that. Um, I assumed it was to get rid of his wife. Or to to not be there, but then he's living on. He's a homeless. He's living on the street. Like I mean, what's what's the benefit? Just they you know? they almost made it seem like he was going into hiding. Yeah, because he owed Bookie's money or no. some shit. I don't know. Yeah, maybe that was maybe I I, had I don't that. It's been a few days. I don't know. I I would agree. Like that comes out of left field for me too. Yeah, um, and because I was just like, wait, what? Right. Yeah. So that was bizarre. You know, he's wearing an eye patch like Fritz. I mean, that's kind of cool, I guess. I don't really care. But uh, <laughs> um, I'd be curious to see what the original. This is a remake, uh, after all. <clears throat> I'd be oh, curious yeah. to see what it's like in the in the French uh, original. Um, but which is a part of the Criterion Collection, by the way. Um, oh, is it? Yes. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce it, so I'm not going to say it. Um, But you can find it on IMDb. Anyway, 
So I'd be curious to see if that was part of the plot point because sometimes when when adapting a European film, mm-hmm. plot points, motifs, um, um, narrative elements makes sense in a different country and doesn't make sense here, right? Or isn't the norm here or isn't socially significant here, right? Or, you know what I mean? Right. Um, so it could be something like that because it just, it seemed unnecessary, but I don't know. Um, but dude, all right. So once, once we hit the apex of of this film when when Christopher discovers that Catherine and Johnny have been lying to him and Catherine and Johnny are a couple right and mm-hmm. not just friends right or acquaintances really and and that they have been lying to him taking him for a ride taking advantage of him stealing from him right mm-hmm. um this is when I really started leaning forward because, um, again, Fritz Lang is pushing boundaries and in, in subverting my expectation of what to expect, right? Mm-hmm. Because when, when Christopher takes that fucking ice pick and starts stabbing away – I'm like, we haven't cut yet. This is crazy, you know. Yeah, um, and you're hearing the thuds uh, of the of the ice pick. Awesome. I wasn't expecting that at all. Um, yeah, it makes me wonder now that you've said that Edward G. Robinson was known for playing a gangster. If mm-hmm. Fritz Lang's direction was like, all right, bring some of that gangster. Yeah, 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 exactly. Bring and some of that like, violence. All right, let's go. That anger and that violence, because. I, again, the way that Christopher is being portrayed throughout this entire film is very meek, very timid, very submissive, very, uh, very quiet, lonely. Um, but then they just hit him at his breaking point. And he can only take so much abuse, right? And yeah. that was sort of the last straw. It, it's the, it's the. I cannot believe, you know, I, I fell for this. Right, so mm-hmm. he he's furious, he's angry, he's embarrassed, um, he's ashamed, and he's just full of rage, right? Uh, yeah. And not only because of this, but because of all probably is what I'm assuming is all the stuff he's also taken in the past, all that stuff from his wife that he's just been just enduring day after day. It's just ridiculous and it's unnecessary, and. Catherine just happened to be the the last person to to try it, and that's yeah, yeah. Because you know, I thought for sure, for sure, he was going to kill Johnny next, mm-hmm. but he but he doesn't. I mean, he he does, but he doesn't. I thought for sure, like he was going to Johnny was going to show up and he was going to kill Johnny. Yeah, um, but he doesn't. He he does it more kind of kind of silently, but you know, it all what I really liked is up until he goes back to work, it all kind of plays out like the perfect crime. Mm-hmm. He kills Catherine. He grabs his shit. Um, Johnny just happened to be coming back from the bar 
drunk as hell. People overheard him saying that he was going to um, let Catherine have it. And it, it just, it all fit like a perfect crime. Yeah. And that I, I thought for sure. Well, I mean, he kind of does, but I thought for sure he was going to get away with it. No repercussions on anything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, he kind of does, right? Legally, I mean, he, yeah. legally, nothing happens to him, right? And okay. The, the so, worst that happens is, yeah, okay. You go ahead. So this is one of the, the first, the first Fritz Lang thing I really liked was the way he shot the witness stand. Right. Yeah. Um, which is just the the single shot of the people sitting in the chair. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, really liked that. Uh, that was very stylized, very Fritz Lang. Um, of course, the real Fritz Lang stuff comes later, but I I loved the way he shot the witness stand, and that. Yeah. And again, it's this. You know, people are telling. Technically, everyone is telling the truth, except. Uh, except for Christopher, right? Everyone is just mm-hmm. telling what they know, right? Christopher is the one that lies and says, you know, my wife is right. I've never really been good at painting. I just copied her stuff. Like I, I'm not, you know. Um, yeah. I, I destroyed my mm-hmm. my work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which was interesting because again, I thought he was he's going to confess, right? Like, I mean, he has to, he is, he's not that kind of guy. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. We've already established that Chris, you know, tried to get a bank loan to give Kitty $500. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he is a, he is a generally a stand up guy, except, you know, of course, when he, you know, steals that, the cash out of the, out of the vault and, or out of the safe and gets caught eventually. Um, mm. You know, that's besides murder, that's like <laughs> the worst thing he's ever done, right? Um, yeah. up until that point, um, and then the murder. But, um, what I love after that, of course, is when we get real Fritz Lang, is the the guilt eating him alive, right? Yeah, so cool, yeah, um, so cool and creepy too like yeah i was i was a little worried it was gonna being a film from 1954 i was like i was gonna come off a little cheesy and even with the shitty version on prime it was still so creepy yeah fuck yeah no it was good i mean the really dark shadows and the the voiceover and you know and of course edward g robinson's performance is amazing uh really put you in it uh, into the guilt, into this, the, you know, he's just tormented by what he's done and what he's gotten away with, right? That's the worst part is that he got away with it. Um, and can I be honest? Yeah. I thought for sure that's where the film was going to end. Yeah. I thought, I thought for sure we were going to get that silhouette of his legs dangling and that's where it was going to end. So, okay. <laughs> A couple of things about that. So Fritz Lang... He got lucky. So uh, this is, of course, during uh, during Hayes Code days. Um, so lots of no-nos. Okay. Okay. Um, one of them, of course, being getting away with something. Like you mm-hmm. can't get away with murder. Like your characters cannot get away with murder. That's crazy. Like that's that's 
um, that's not politically correct, right? Um, <laughs> that makes anyone think that's they not can his crime. Code. You know, that's um, not nice. So the fact that he that Christopher is tormented for the rest of his life, that's not getting away with it. So they let that go. Um, so the suicide, right? The suicide was not allowed to be successful for it to stay in. Okay. Mm, okay. So he had to survive it for it to go in the movie in the first place. So, um, so that's sort of when, you know, you, um, it's my understanding reading what I read that, um, that in order to okay, so the suicide's in the script. Okay, he has to survive it. Okay, fine. Um, now I have to, you know, well, how do I end the movie? Because he got away with it. I'm not going to let him, you know, go to jail for it. That's you know not you know. So I think what Fritz had to do was sort of find, or the writer had to find a way um, to. To have him still be tormented and haunted for for the rest of his life, and that's sort of where you know him living on the street, him attempting to confess and then not being believed, right? Which uh, I like that piece of exposition from the cops, where mm-hmm. you know, he's like the dude, you know, comes up to us all the time and confesses murder, and you know, we're just like, dude, get here, <laughs> you know, he's he's, yeah, he's get, a lunatic. Leave, yeah. yeah. Um, it makes me. It kind of reminds me of the. Uh, you're gonna laugh at me, but it makes me th- uh, reminds me of the um, the Looney Tunes skit of the dancing and singing frog. Uh, you know the guy's constantly trying to convince people, and then he you know gets put in jail because people like just don't believe. Dumb. A dumb example. It's a. I mean, it's a relevant exa- kind of relevant example, but it's dumb. <laughs> Especially about the part where they're sleeping in the park. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, good job. All right. Congratulations. But, but again, you and you were right. I don't know if you said it on mic or off mic, but it is. I loved how sad the ending was, and that that just you know that gets well, especially near right to ear. Well, especially you know, again, we get reminded once again that the self-portrait of Catherine is the masterpiece, especially when the lady's like, well, you know, for $10,000, I'm surprised you didn't say no. And he hears it as he's walking by. Yeah. You know, so, it's, it's that also it's for the audience to go, wow, he could have been really successful. Right. Yeah. Um, and not, not, I don't think we're supposed to be like, well, he should have just kept the deal with Catherine because that would have never happened. Right. Um, no. They were always going to swindle him out of everything. Like that, he wasn't going to have an alliance or a partnership with Catherine. Like that's not happening. Um, Yeah, no, no, not at all. I I thought for sure if he never found out, which he, I feel like he would have found out, he would have never seen a single cent. No, no, absolutely not. And if anything, it's sort of validation for his talent, right? I mean, and it's also like what makes it not a super uplifting validation, right? Because you would think it's like, oh, he he was actually very good, right? Um, this is a way that his work is being recognized. And 
again, that validation of I, I am good at this. Everyone else was wrong, but it's, it's, he'll never get to do it again. Like he'll never pick mm-hmm. up a paintbrush again. Right. Like that's not happening. Um, yeah. Not only would he probably not want to pick up a paintbrush again, but if he did, he would never he get would that get... recognition. He would never be able to present it to anyone, right? Um, he he would and, probably get accused of copying her work. Yeah, and, yeah exactly. So yeah. he is by, – by going along with the narrative that Johnny killed Catherine on the witness stand, he essentially – um he essentially ruined that part of his life forever right by admitting mm-hmm. on the stand lying saying that he never really painted those paintings he's never he's not a good painter he just copied her work that right there sealed the deal he can never paint again which is the only yeah. thing he had you know it here here's a better example for you i know you'll you'll like this example we'll see. better um it reminded me a lot of the end of baby driver when John ham shoots the gun next to his ears. Um, because music is the one thing that baby loved and he already was having hearing problems. So John ham took it away. Yeah. And to me, it was exactly that. Like as soon as he lied on the stand, Chris essentially did that to himself. Yeah. He, he, he buried his love of painting. Mm hmm. When he lied, yeah. you know, he probably, yeah, he probably would have gone to jail and gotten the chair. Um, oh no, he couldn't, I was saying, I was going to say that he could have admitted, but then I was like, no, even if he admitted to killing Catherine, there's no way he probably still would have gotten the recognition mm-hmm. that he, he probably thought that he deserved. So, yeah. So ultimately I think, yeah, lying, Yes, was his undoing, but I think that was his only choice. Yeah. Yeah. Because he, he he was screwed either way. I was really surprised by the story. I I didn't expect it to go in this direction. Um, I really wasn't sure what to expect. Again, I had never seen it before. Um, yeah. So this one this one took a really interesting turn and I really enjoyed it. Um so did I, man. You know, yeah. it, again, it reminded me a lot of a fury. Um, cause definitely fury was a high point for me mm-hmm. besides him. Um, of course fury was fantastic. Uh, what movie did we do before that again? <sighs> Spies. Spies was before. That's fury. right. Yeah. That's right. Fury. Fury was his first. Well, the uh, first. The, oh, I'm the, sorry. Is that right? No, spy. We did spies before M. Yeah, so Fury. It was spies. Then it was M. Then it was Fury. So I think it was M. Okay. Okay. Cool. 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 Yeah. So yeah, Fury. Fury was a. Uh, yeah, Fury was a high point for me, for these films. But this one definitely is. Yeah. Is now up there with with M and Fury, mm-hmm. because yeah, I, I agree. I wasn't expecting the story to go like that at all. I thought for sure, he was never going to find out. I thought for sure they were going to get away with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a way I was kind of right about the getting away with it. He yeah. technically got away with it. Yeah. 
even though it may eat at his conscience for the rest of his life. But yeah. the only repercussion he faced was just getting fired from his job for taking $1,200. Yeah. So, but it was still good. Still yeah. great. Yeah. So, Jeremy, is yep. there anything else you'd like to add to the wrap up, wrap up, wrap up? No. 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 We're good. Uh, it does make me curious to see Woman in the Window, uh, which is another Edward G. Robinson and Joan Bennett Fritz Lang film. Um, I think it's after this one. Uh, might have been before it. Um, but it makes me interested to see that. It's probably also very good. Um, but we'll never we, know on this podcast, I guess. Yeah. Well, Maybe I'm, someday. So anyway, so, so you don't I, have I don't anything know. to add to the. No. Okay. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't. Well, well, good. Neither do I. I think we, I think we touched on everything. You know, I think we've said enough times how great the movie was, and definitely was a higher point from Ministry of Fear. Definitely, so. definitely <laughs> a high point from Ministry of Fear. Yeah. So, all right. Well, buddy, are you ready to hear what we're talking about next week? Yes. So it's been a while. Um, two weeks. Um, but Johnny Depp is back in the lead acting role for my next pick. Yeah. Um, with, uh, since, uh, big fish, Helm bottom Carter, uh, next week we are talking, hang on, buck. I had it up and I told myself I was going to forget. Okay. Next week we are talking about Tim Burton's 2007 adaptation, Sweeney Todd. Um, I remember seeing the trailer for this and being so excited because <laughs> it was Johnny Depp in a musical. Mm-hmm. And that was my, that was like, I'm sold. Like, let's go. Yeah. Um, I don't, man, I don't know, man. I don't know how I'm going to get Haley to sit with this one. Um, Cause it's, <laughs> it. I don't think it's the blood that's going to bother. It's definitely going to be the music that's going to bother this time. Um, really? She hates musicals. Um, what? Yeah. But okay. So what's funny is uh, it was last week. I think uh, my TikTok feed. Um, there was a lot of um, Josh Groban um, as Sweeney Todd. He's doing it on Broadway right now. I was about to say, yeah, like I thought I heard something about him playing Sweeney Todd yeah. or some shit. And it, hey, I kept getting a lot of clips for that. And I go, do you guys know we're doing this later, like in a few weeks? Because like I don't, like you know, what I, mean? <laughs> I don't want to see that. Um, yeah, I saw it with my dad when it came out in theaters, um, and we were both surprised because we liked it. You know, at first yeah. we were like, I don't know, man, like. Let's go, but we may not like it, right? And and really, y'all okay. were both like, oh, well, and you know, and it's got one of your favorite things in it. It's got a bummer of an ending. Yeah, um, yeah, it's not a very, not a very happy ending. And for those of the those of the listeners, Zach, who've seen yeah. the movie, know it doesn't have a happy ending. Um. But yeah, man, I'm I'm excited to talk about this one because, yeah. you know, have we done a musical 
on the, yes. on the podcast before? Yeah, we Which did one? that fucking stupid one. What was uh, Phantom of the Opera? We did Phantom of the Opera. Um, uh, um, oh, yeah. And I'm sure we've done one more. Um, trying to think, but for sure we've done Phantom of the Opera, and that that was that was that was. Some- <laughs> You make it sound like I made you sit through some sort of like fucking, uh, like, like I like I like Clockwork Orange well, you or something. I, I fucking love Clockwork. Yeah, like pride my eyes open. Um, yeah, yeah, I. It's because I was expecting to like it more, right? Like when I saw it, I was like, people really like this movie. People love the music. People love, you know, whatever. Like all the shit. And then I watched and I was like, not all. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm not, I guess I'm not like everyone else. Like I'm built different because I didn't like that. Um, but yeah, I, I, don't, I don't like, okay. But Sweeney Todd, I was like, okay, that was, that was good. I like that. It's been a long time since I've seen it. So over 10 years. So we'll see what I think about it this time. Well, just to let you know. It's got a certified fresh 86% on Rotten Tomatoes, dude. I don't know. I don't give a shit about that. But um, it <laughs> uh, just means 80, 86% of people gave it a positive review. It doesn't mean it, it's whatever. And it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> so we'll see what I think this time. There, there are songs I like. There are songs I hate. So okay, I can't wait to hear that. Yeah, um, definitely songs. Like that's for sure. Because I and we'll close out with this, but like I love this movie so much, I went and bought the deluxe soundtrack on CD. Wow. Because there's there's two, as there are with most musicals, there's two different versions of the soundtrack. There's more of a streamlined version that hits some of the more you know, likable songs. And then there's the deluxe that has all of them, like the in-between songs and mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And so I love this movie so much. I bought the deluxe uh, wow. soundtrack. That's I don't know what happened crazy. to it. I think I gave, I think I sold it back to not Hastings. Damn. Um, yeah. Okay. I'll give you a tease on which songs I hate. Okay. It's Joanna. I fucking hate that. You song. hate Joanna. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it so much that I remembered the name of the song. So. Oh, shit. That's funny. Yeah. And then, okay, and here's one final season. We'll close out. Okay. Uh, uh, not Jamie Bell. Shit. What's his fucking name? Who plays the, the sailor? Yeah. Um, He's got a goofy face. Uh, Jamie Campbell Bauer. Uh, this was his first movie. Hmm. And then, of course, now he went on to be the main villain of your favorite show, Stranger Things. Is that right? Yeah, he's he's, he's Vecna. Good for him, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> All right. Well, I, with that, um, everyone, we hope you enjoyed Scarlet Street, and we'll see you next time, maybe. I'm- for Sweeney Todd.